All right, here we go. Uh, welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 99. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the creative team behind the GM Less collaborative horror role playing game, Demos Academy. Did I say it right? Demos. Demos? Demos. 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 All right. Welcome, Austin Knight, Banana Chan, and Amanda Call. How's it going, Hello. folks? Hello. Yeah. So it's exciting to have us. I say, so, Banana, this is your third appearance on Story Comics, <laughs> which means you officially now become the title friend of the show. So congratulations. We'll get you a little PNG file that you can add, but you can put on all of your websites. <laughs> I'm waiting uh, for this moment. There you go. And Amanda, you're back here for a second time. Um, yes. You were one of our first guests back here, mm -hmm. back in episode six. So, you know, maybe we can plan like every 93 episodes you can come back on. So, we can, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pets will be in for 93 episodes from now. <laughs> and Austin, welcome. Welcome to Probably. Story Comic Presents. Thank you for coming on. This is exciting stuff. So, so tell us. So, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about your. The project you're working that the the three of you have created the GMless collaborative horror role playing game. I watched you. Was it last week? You you uh, all you all were a part of a, a Twitch live stream where you did a, an actual play of it, and it was very exciting. We'll probably talk a bit about how it uh, you know the actual process of the entire game, and but first, kind of give everybody a little bit of a background on how the three of you the three of you got together to create this. Uh, this project? That is a good question. How did we start? <laughs> um, I'm new here. <laughs> I just show up. I just show up to meetings when they get put on my Google calendar. I don't, I don't even, where am I right now? <laughs> this is so because Austin and Banana, the both of you are considered your, your, your co-creators of, of the game, correct? Co-designers. Yes. So technically, we're all co-designers slash co-creators. Okay. Uh, or we're more like all we're all all three of us are co-creators. Um, but in terms of like the writing front, um, Austin and I are more the writers, and then uh, Amanda does all the illustrations. So all the beautiful, uh, gorgeous artwork is all. Okay. And as far as like where this started, um, I mean. Banana and I have known each other for a while, and at one point we're just like, we should do something together. And Banana showed me a game that they had been working on, and we're like, hey, I, what a, would you like to collaborate on this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we kind of like picked at it for a little while of like, oh, what do you think about this? Oh, look, I, I read like I redid some stuff, but we weren't like seriously working on it. It was just kind of like a, eh, we'll we'll pick at this every once in a while, um, and then. I don't know, I think you brought Austin on like a little over a year ago now or about a year ago now. Yes. Has it been a year? It's I been pretty it's been close a to a year, yeah. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the point at which we were like, okay, yeah, we're like actually gonna have meetings and a production schedule and like get get some stuff done instead mm -hmm. of just kind of 
pick away at stuff. So, yeah. And so talk, so, so for, for the folks that are, might be watching or, or, or listening to this, you know, either driving or, or watching the video, or watching this interview. Um, so explain to somebody exactly how would you differentiate between a GM, GM less game and not it being a, a regular game instead of like a role-playing game. Like what would it, what would entail it being GM less and not just say, here's some instructions, go for it. So what I would say is a GM less role-playing game is it's still a role-playing game, but it's one that there's not any one person in charge of like setting things up. You are all making the story together as you play. Mm. Um, and so in some ways, I kind of think, like, I don't know if GMless is the correct word. What we mean is, like, there's no, like, core facilitator. Everyone has kind of a role in, like, facilitating the experience and, like, making sure we're, like, playing, like, what the rule book says or whatever. Mm. Um, whereas, like, a game with a facilitator or a GM is, like, it's essentially one person's job to, like, run the game and everyone else just kind of shows up right. and they have like a role in being a good player and not being into your GM or whatever. But the GM is like, quote unquote, in charge of like setting up the world, setting up like the story, setting up the environment for the players to go have fun. in. Okay. So it runs sort of in the same vein as games like fiasco. Uh, where you don't necessarily need someone there to tell the story who has like, you know, an outline of, you know, all the stuff that they're going to do already. Uh, basically, everyone's there creating stuff on the fly. And and so how would you compare like So give people a little bit of a background of like what the setting is um, for Deimos Academy. Who wants to take this one? <laughs> I mean, I just talked a bunch, but I can do it. I just said some stuff, too. So I guess it's me. on you, Amanda. Oh, All right, Amanda, okay. hot potato sure. to you. There you go. So Deimos Academy takes place in a boarding school that all of the players graduated from, and they're returning for a 15-year reunion. So you all went to this boarding school. You all graduated 15 years ago, um, and you're returning for some reason. And then once you're there, you're trying to uh, uncover repressed memories and also uh, dealing with freaky stuff showing up because it is a horror game. So weird stuff is going to happen. Um, and it's kind of open-ended past that. So like the reasons why you were ever in the boarding school or what type of boarding school it was or what your experiences were like there, or even the reasons that you're returning, all of these are pretty much entirely up to the players. The players mm -hmm. get to determine all of this at the beginning of, some of it at the beginning of the game, you kind of collaboratively come up with it together via a series of prompts that we have written. And a lot of it you discover throughout the game as you're role playing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so there's a part of this like coloring book aspect to it as well? Yes. Okay. Color. This is... <laughs> Um, color me intrigued. How, do, how, how does that work? <laughs> how does that work, Amanda? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The puns. The puns. Austin's done. <laughs> they can't do it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so there's so that you actually have paper dolls and coloring and your player characters are uh, represented through little paper dolls that you actually move around from room to room that are like tearaway sheets that you use for each game. Mm -hmm. uh, the final game you can either have like as a PDF print and play so you can print it as many times as you want or in like an actual like tear out book where there'll be lots of copies of it so you can replay it a bunch. Um, and as you go through the different rooms, you have to part of the gameplay is like coloring different stuff in or coloring stuff in on your character. And and so, but I remember you know watching you playing that source. Is there like a also a, uh, a an internet version of this? Like, so somebody be able to play this virtually with friends as well? Yes. So in the final version, uh, we are still developing it just to make it a little more uh, user friendly. But uh, there is a version of it that you can play on Google Slides. Uh, and as many people know, I am a huge fan of Google Slides because it's free, <laughs> uh, it's accessible, and uh, almost like you know, it's pretty easy to understand. It's pretty easy to like you know go through. So if you were to facilitate this game, uh, you would have access to it easily, and you know your friends can have access to it easily as well okay now how is this compared to like some as you mentioned austin some of the other like a, a gm less game what were some of the innovations that you know that the that the the you and the rest of the team kind of came up to say hey i've never seen this done let's try this what were some of those uh i'm real i just do stuff <laughs> <laughs> i just i just think i just do what i think is cool i don't have a lot of experience with gm less games honestly um so in terms of like what has been seen and not seen, I haven't seen a lot of what we've done. Either of you can correct me if I'm wrong. Any Anyone here, really. Uh, but I just thought it seemed like a cool idea and seemed like a creepy story to tell. So that's where I'm at. Um, I don't know if it's like... I haven't seen anything done in a setting like this that is gameless. I can say that much. Mm. I feel like most horror games I've heard of are there's some sort of facilitator or GM or it's like a board game that encourages you to RP or something. Mm. Is I the think, game mechanics? Oh, sorry, go ahead, go for it. Oh, um, I was just gonna say, like, I think the game itself takes a lot of elements from other different games, uh, so. We have this one mechanic where everyone writes down their memories on a deck of cards, and if they roll poorly, then they would rip up the top uh, top card of the deck. Uh, that's sort of taken from like a legacy sort of uh, thing, right? So like mm. you know some certain some legacy games like in Betrayal, they would have that sort of mechanic where it's like, okay, just rip up this card, and you're never going to see it. You're never going to know what's on it. Um, that's something that we've you know sort of integrated from legacy games. Uh, the paper dolls themselves, uh, you know, how you can like color them in. That's inspired by minis. Uh, we also wanted to do something that's like you know a little more accessible. So it's like you know paper instead of like spending I don't know twenty bucks on a mini and painting it. Um, and then on top of that, uh, it also does harken back a little bit to this other game called BFF by uh, Heart of the Deernicorn uh, that uses these standees that have like you know, little charms on them uh, that you can move around in different rooms. Um, and also a little bit of Bluebeard's Bride, I would say. Like, there's a lot mm. of stuff going on. Um, and like, you know, there's, uh, I feel like there are a lot of elements from different games that we sort of touched on, but 
it's uh it's sort of like an amalgamation of these mm. different things yeah synthesize them all into something that's its own thing so you know we could preview people would be as i say watching or listening to this to say hey i got a great idea i got a couple of you know i got a couple of friends of mine or contacts that i were been trying to play with an idea but there's been a lot of stalemates where the three of us or the two of us or the four of us have been in the virtual room together we're in a room together and person a is just married to this idea and will not let it go but everybody else says it's not working is was there any situations like that where like the theory is like pushing on something it's like i'm not sure how it's going to fit like how does that work with just uh that with a with a group of you know creative minds I feel like I'm the problem one here. I always, okay, see, like, I would disagree. I feel like it's me. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel I like, like I'm the problem one. I think what we've learned is Amanda's the perfect one. Because <laughs> just the other week, I was just like, we should just remove all of this stuff and like cut everything out. It's okay. We talked you down from that, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. That was you were like. Like it's, um, okay. You, it's okay, you're, banana. It's okay. You're like, what if we just throw the game away? <laughs> <laughs> what if we just don't do this game anymore? We're just gonna mime it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we all understand what we're trying to do. So I feel like even if someone's like, I want this, and the other two or three or, or whatever are like. I don't think it'll fit. I don't think we've ever had like a point of contention or something. Yeah, we've also approached this, I I would almost say like, even though it's a creative endeavor, I, I would almost say we've approached a lot of the like design design decisions scientifically in that we always play test everything. We've, ha we've done, just the three of us have done, I, I don't even know how many play tests. I don't I remember at this point. I don't know a lot. I've played this game. <laughs> like, like we've played the game a lot. We've brought in other people that we trust as as gamers and as designers to come in and try the game out and either give feedback or just try it and observe how they react to it. And so that's given us a lot of really valuable like objective information of like this thing is working, this thing is not. Like we saw it working or we saw it not work. And I think that everybody's been pretty good about like not letting our own personal like ego or attachments to something that we've created for it get in the way of seeing something work or not work. So what were some of the feedback that you've all received that you were most surprised or proud of so far? Huh. <laughs> Stumped. That wasn't, I thought it was going to be like, what's been like the feedback that's been most helpful or, or like bad or whatever? <laughs> Honestly, I would say that the physical version and the digital version were very similar in terms yeah. of gameplay. So that's That was pretty surprising. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I think the most encouraging one that I had was that I had a play, I had a group play test it that were, um, I'm not going to say not into it, but this was not their type of game. Like, this is very much a, like, uh, you know, like, kind of, like, it, it helps if you approach this in more of, like, a, a deep thoughts and feelings kind of way. And they were very mm -hmm. much like a, let's go into the dungeon and kill some goblins type <laughs> gaming group. Yeah. And so they were just not, this was just not their normal bag. And mm -hmm. so even though it was a very not serious session and it was a very, like 
they they were like constantly having little side conversations and joking around but they all still had fun and they still played the game like the sa- like the game still acted the same and looked the same and worked and so i was like okay Whew. <laughs> so what what's the what's the learning curve on this is this something if someone's never pl- never played a game before can get into this and understand it as well I would say so. I would say the learning curve is, are you willing to play a game? Then you could probably play this. Yeah. Like if it's some, I guess if it's someone who's never played a game and doesn't want to play a game, you'll probably not have a great time, but that's probably because you don't want to play a game and not because we made not a fun game, frankly. Uh, that's on you. But I would say if it's someone who like wants to sit down and play a game, it's pretty easy. You need, one die yep just one yep you can i mean i guess you need as many d6s as players because at one point you all roll together but most of the game you just need one what's the age range on this game that's an excellent question uh so i ideally mature mature. yeah like I would say like 16 plus. Does that yeah. sound right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a kid's game. <laughs> okay. We can make a kid's version, though. We could make a kid's version. That's, you got paper that's dolls. Like... Yeah. I was going to say, you got paper dolls and you're coloring, but kids don't touch. <laughs> it's like no. an adult coloring book. That's yeah. basically what it is. It's like, it's, like too, it's like too creepy for little kids. It'd have to, we'd have to make like a my little Deimos or something. That's like, <laughs> that's like your elementary not... school is haunted by friendly ghosts. That yeah, like a Scooby-Doo with Casper like pie or something. Yeah. yeah, a very like, different tone of game than like some deal of with the... your re- deal with your repressed trauma. Yeah, we because <laughs> we have some like tables people can roll on if they can't think of like memories or fears or scary stuff, and some of them are like. As the person wrote them, pretty messed up. <laughs> is there? Oh, so I'm I'm curious. So is like that. So the game mechanics that you've all created for this can that be easily replicated at, in a different type of game, like a um, a superhero game or a you know find the candy game or or something where it's it, can it can it fit within different genres like the the game mechanics that you've all created? I would say yes. So. Um, the core thing about this, the system that we've created is that um, it does depend on coloring. So mm-hmm. if you have someone like Amanda uh, who is willing to do all this art for you and you know make it amazing, then yes, you can definitely do it. So talk to us a bit about the coloring. You've you mentioned it a few times. How is coloring a part of the, the game mechanics? So when you're going to different rooms, uh, so the game itself has like different rooms that you're going to be going through, right? So these are different classrooms, different places in the boarding school that you're going to be encountering. Uh, Each room has a bunch of different items. And so as you're rolling, if you succeed in rolling a die, you would color in a part of the room and you would use that item that you've colored in uh, as a prompt for you to later role play. Um, So you would use that item to uh, basically tell you like, how does your fear manifest in this room? 
So that's one way of using it. Uh, the second way that coloring appears in the game uh, is that you are going to be drawing out your fears. So if you don't want to use the prompts, you would just draw it into the room itself. And how, so, and you mentioned before, like the, a GM-less game, does that mean there's NPCs in the game as well? Or it's just, just the player characters? There, I'd say it's just the player characters. There's like NPCs you create, but they don't like, they don't yeah, engage through, with you outside of like talking about them, right? Right, through memory. Cause you're a lot of, a lot of the actual like role play is trying to recall memories and from when you were in school. And so you kind of end up with a cast of NPCs that you're all talking about having memories of. Um, but there aren't any like, there aren't any other characters outside of the players already pre-built into the story. Okay. So so the game itself, um, then the illustrations would be like yeah, the coloring books of like top-down map rooms. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, four, was it four player characters? There there yeah, we've got like several. several. <laughs> we've got like eight options for people okay. to pick now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so kind of give us an idea of like, you know, it's, I mean, uh, how does it start? You, you kind of lay out the board as your instructions or how would, what would be like the first 10 minutes of the game look like for the, for somebody? So I would say the first 10 minutes are establishing your characters. So okay. once you've created your characters, uh, you're also creating the school. So this, the creation of the school looks like uh, an invite, an invitation that you've just received from the school. And you're filling out this ad lib. Uh, so that way you have a sense of like, you know, what is this place like? What was this place like? Um, mm. Why are we getting invited back? Why are we going back? Uh, and then you're doing a whole bunch of relationship questions as well. So you're answering questions about um, your characters, the relationship between your characters. Uh, and then from there, I would say that takes about like, I would want to say like 30 to 40 minutes ish. Um, yeah. And then from there, you jump into like the actual gameplay. And the actual gameplay takes about um, anywhere between like 40 minutes to an hour. Right. And, and so, is there a way because of this, as you mentioned, is it like a legacy game in the sense that, or is there a way to say, hey, I really liked how this ended? Can we go back? Like, can somebody take the character they developed and say, you guys, do you all want to play again? Let's play it again. There's how, you know, it's, it, it, uh, I take it the game is obviously like repeatable as well. Yeah. So I would say that it is, um, it depends on the players uh, mm. and if they want to use their same character for, you know, uh, another type of reunion sort and of thing. And if their character makes it out or not. <laughs> right, that's too. So at the very end, we do have this maze type of uh, escape escape room escape thing uh where they have to try and get out so if they do make it out then maybe they want to return uh if they don't escape then maybe they're just there maybe they've brought like the characters back maybe they're just like bringing people back and like you know trying to trying to you know trap other people in there or something so so take us back a couple years ago so it's so a banana and amanda you've known you've known each other for a while you you so was it the two of you kind of consecutively came up with the idea did it together or did banana did you come to amanda or amanda did you go to banana and say hey i got something i've been noodling with and then how did that initially start before you brought in austin so i think so uh this is 
something that's been in the making for about actually three years. <laughs> um, and so the original concept for this game was that it was supposed to be based off of the nutshell studies, which is a um, uh, a set of dioramas that a uh, an heiress to some sort of company made like years and years ago. Uh, her name was Frances Lee Glesner and she made the nutshell studies, which uh, were basically murder scenes uh, taking place in um, in suburban homes or like mansions or things like that. And so uh, these were so detailed that uh, the FBI started using them as training materials. Uh, but initially, the game was supposed to be like murder scenes that you have to sort of figure out. And it was like a haunted house and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, I think after Amanda and I, we we started doing a little bit of playtesting. We were like, you know, going back and forth on like, what would this look like? Let's try and, you know, make this thing. Um, but then it sort of veered in a different way when uh, we were like we should invite on austin <laughs> i think that I was like the wrench in the plan <laughs> <laughs> i am the ice cube in your tomato soup <laughs> wait what, what I <laughs> I, i've been watching darkwing duck <laughs> i don't know if you okay that. yeah, darkwing yeah. Duck's i do remember that is dangerous yeah Nice. I am the hair in the eye of injustice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was I was just on Twitter, just like, just talking mad crap uh, <laughs> about how I had written for two games, and one of them, Banana, was on, but we didn't like talk to each other. It wasn't like a we weren't like designers. We were just like setting writers for a game that was already done, I believe. Um, but then, like, I saw I was already following Banana because Banana was coming off of Jiangxi and was like, Banana was like on my Facebook feed. That's how big it was, which is, uh, if people don't know, it's a huge deal for any kind of game that isn't the Dragon one to be on your Facebook feed. That's like, That's true. that is like not a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, and I was just like tweeting about like, I had a lot of fun writing for these other two games. I want to write for more games. Then I was like, what if you made a game? I was like, ha, 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 sure. And then Banana DM'd me and was like, hey, are you free Friday? And I was like, sure. I didn't think I was getting like invited to like work on a game. I thought it would be like Banana giving me like pointers or something like how to make my first game. And I was, I was like, this will be fine. And then Banana was like, so here's a whole plan. Do you want to make a game? And I was like, absolutely, of course. Do you know, do you know who you are? <laughs> I still don't think Banana knows who they are. I'm just saying. You're like, I'm not I'm not such a big deal. Goofy. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. Yeah. You're welcome. That's like, uh, thank you. <laughs> so the the three of you together, how did so uh, so talk a bit about it, Banana from 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 your perspective is like once Austin get once Austin uh uh, became part of the team what was the what was the the process after that with like that that th the three person piece of that so um we started doing a timeline of events that would happen and mm -hmm. basically we discussed you know this is when we're going to hit our first deadline this is when we're going to hit our second deadline uh we're going to have writing done by then uh we're going to do interviews done by this time and so uh by interviews i mean we started interviewing people uh who actually went to boarding school so i went to boarding school uh and i knew if you know a few other people because 
you know, they were friends of mine back in the day. And so uh, we were interviewing people based on their experiences and trying to take what we had learned uh, and integrate that into the game itself. And then from there, we started doing more writing. So we had already established like a framework uh, in the beginning of like, you know, what this game was going to look like. We had a couple of like, you know, first drafts. Uh, but then from there, we started building it out a little more and conceptualizing, oh, this is like, you know, what it's going to look like in the future. Um, so we did maybe like three or four drafts. Uh, we're probably on draft number six, seven now. Six or seven, Version yeah, six something or seven. like yeah, that. Seven. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then Amanda and uh, Amanda was like working on the character designs, uh, the the rooms themselves, um, and we're also doing play testing alongside that. So. It's all of uh, a lot of this like work that happens sort of like in a sprint uh, where, you know, we have some stuff that we have to hit like a deadline, uh, mm -hmm. you know, maybe we're going to do it in two weeks, maybe we're going to do it in three weeks, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then eventually we're going to have um, not a final product, but we're going to have something that we can send to an editor, send to a sensitivity reader, uh, and, you know, they can go through everything and let us know like what needs to be fixed. Uh, so far, we have worked with a sensitivity reader. We've also worked with another uh, developer. So our sensitivity reader was uh, Quinn B. Rodriguez. And um, our developer, our other developer, is uh, um, Viditia uh, Valetti. And also, we worked with Dare Hickman on uh, sensitivity for the artwork, just to make sure you know we're being good on the art front, too. <laughs> Because it's another important element that still needs to be checked over. I mean, everything that goes into the game needs feedback. So, mm, right. And has it always been since day one a GM-less game, or is that something that happened, you know, midway through the process? I think it's always day one. Been. Yeah, as far as far as I can remember, anything that I've ever seen. Like, I don't know if you had notes or concepts prior to where whatever I saw, but everything that I've ever seen, which was quite some time ago. It was still a GMless concept. Yeah. So. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was. I, I'm like thinking back now. We had <laughs> cards. We had like you know all this stuff. We had like more than one type of die. Yep. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, it was a lot. Is, was there anything that you kind of had to put on the cutting room floor that um, that any of you decided to say doesn't fit here? But I I like this. I like this mechanic. It's just not a good fit here. So, I, I, I like yes. yeah, yeah. It's also hard to remember because we've gone through like so many Seven. different <laughs> iterations. It's just like, wait, what? What did I we guess do for? There was, and we kind of have it still with the memories and stuff. But uh, at one point, we had like two trackers. We had like a memory tracker and like a resiliency tracker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really into the resiliency tracker because my because like uh, my day job is being a therapist, and so I was like really that was like we started working on it. And that was my first pitch was like oh memories and trauma we should do a resiliency thing, and so we had like a memory thing a resiliency thing, uh, and we we made them into one, and now they're and now again it's a little bit different, but. That's that's like the only thing I can think of that I like. I I, I mean I use that when I run games like therapeutically. So, mm -hmm. mm. and that's a lot of those types of things end up just kind of like a lot of them ended up just kind of getting pulled out of the game and where we were just trying to streamline it, where it was like there's a lot of like 
there was a lot of stuff that it was like, these are all really cool ideas, but they kind of slowed the game down. So we were just like, all right, we just need to hone this down into like whatever concepts best serve the primary things we're trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're, I might be getting way ahead of it, but I just, I love the idea of just like, like getting that, like the world building aspect of things. Is this, is there any, insinuation of connections between like any like did did any of you put in any like easter eggs um within your own either like some of your other previous games or previous works no i don't have previous works so i'm i'm safe here (laughs) clean (laughs) oh that's a good question i i put in stuff but not pertaining to this question Uh, I did not. I was primarily trying to keep, like, uh, my my job with the art was primarily trying to strike a balance between keeping things open-ended enough that people could tell whatever story they wanted, right. while also trying to provide an atmosphere of, like, things are normal, but somewhat disquieting for some reason. Right. Like, things appear normal, but not quite right. Wait, Austin, didn't you put some writing in the lore that's a little... Mm-hmm. So it's like a vampires. It would direct you to <laughs> I would direct you to the record that the question asked by our host here was previous works, as I have not, such no previous not personal <laughs> obsessions. I have no, I have no there previous are no Chuck E. involved in this game. Yeah, no, <laughs> I still have a note here that's Chuck E. Cheese Quick Start. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Uh, but no, I I don't have any previous design work, so I the question is that pertain to me, <laughs> my fine friend. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely put like vampire stuff in one hundred every every. I'm letting in the world know anytime I'm on a game, I am putting something in that is like a little hint of a vampire thing, and you may not catch it because I know I care a lot about vampires, so it might be like. An obscure, like in this one, I think it's in the. We did like a suggested history of the school, or something, uh, and in that section, like one of the years I put is an allusion to uh, Elizabeth Baffery. So, so the book it's so, so explain it because uh, it's you know watching it being played, watching watching the watching the all of you playing it, there how big of a book it like, like how much of, how much of there is, like you said, the background lore to it. So we have two separate books. Uh, one book is 50 pages. That's the rule book. Hmm. Um, and it goes through all the lore. It goes through all the mechanics. It goes through like, you know, basically how to play the game. It's very short, only 50 pages. And then we have the coloring book, which has the tearaways, um, you know, the different rooms, uh, and each room also has like, uh, instructions basically on like, you know, what you do in each room. Um, and so, uh, I would say that book probably has also around 50 pages, but it's a coloring book. So it looks a little different. Mm. Okay. And then some of that too, is a, that you allow if, uh, I get, so because you said there is a bit of a tutorial in the sense that you kind of do an ad kind of like a Mad Libs deal where you can kind of fill that in. Um, how, what if somebody says, you know, somebody buys, you know, you know, buys, buys the book and buys the game and goes to their, their friend or goes to a party or goes someplace like, 
got a great game. And then someone goes, well, that looks a little complicated or I'm not that creative. What would be the, what would be that response? If you were in the room, what would be your response? If somebody says, wow, I'm not this imaginative or maybe that stuff. We made so many tables for you to use. Just roll the table. <laughs> exactly. I spent so much table. time on these tables. Just roll on the table. Just roll That's your really six on the table. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, for almost every op, almost every option in the game that somewhere where you have to fill something in. There's a table where if you're like, I'm just drawing a blank, you can just roll a die. Okay. And and be like, that's what it's gonna be, or roll a die and go, I, I don't like that. I'm gonna roll again. Or pick one. Yeah. Look at it and pick one. Yep. What's the? Uh, is there? Is there? Can it be solo play as well? Technically, no. It's the the small scale. <laughs> Technically, we're not writing the rules for it. But <laughs> um, yeah, but if you want to yeah. hack it yourself, feel free to. <laughs> um, right now, we're only doing two to four player. Okay. All right. We yeah. thought about that, and I think we all were like, "But more rules." Yeah. 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 More rules and, and more rounds of playtesting <laughs> to figure out if it works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about playing. I don't think I would have playtested it by myself. <laughs> I don't know if I playtest like a scary game by myself. Right? <laughs> Though it would be very cool. Yeah. And it was there. And so, and why did you stop at four? Like, there was, do you think that the, the more the people it's, that would, would the, the longer it would take or the more distractions it would cause or? I think the one thing was that uh, each room, uh, in each room, the players have to go to different items that they find in the room. And so we decided to just have four per room, um, just because it's a lot of artwork. Um, yeah, it just, and it gets a little cluttered after a while, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and there is, like, a lot that happens in each room, and for each person has to take their turn. So if you have more than four, I feel like it would it would start to drag a little bit. Right. Yeah. And, and so how many, is there, is it open-ended by how many rooms you have to do before the big maze at the end, as you mentioned, or is it just, is there a natural occurring event that might happen where you'd end up going to more rooms than normal? So there is a suggested number of rooms. Um, so for two players, it's usually four. For three players, it's three. And for four players, it's three to four, depending on uh, how much time you have and, you know, whenever you feel like just going to the final room. Right. Okay. Um, and it's so, <laughs> and that's another thing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so excited about this game. So, just, so, so you can say, we're not even thinking about that so far. So Barney, so like, slow down. <laughs> um, expansion ideas. If you guys, th- what are you, as you're making this idea, it's like, Hey, what if we do like a abandoned mall or what if we do like, I don't know, something where, is there other expansion possibilities with this, this system? I am working on an abandoned mall game, but it's oh, not for this. <laughs> I mean, Unrelated I'm, abandoned mall game. Hey, if people want to buy it, I'm. What's up? Let's talk. <laughs> Someone's got money to give me to do it. I don't, you know. Same. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this Kickstarter goes, and if it goes well, then maybe we'll have. Yeah, because I mean, like we said earlier, the core engine of it is very adaptable and could go in a lot of different directions. So. Hmm. Right. If people like it, and if we have other ideas that we're inspired by, and and so and also in the game itself too, like in the the, the core rule book there, Amanda, does do you have a lot of, you, do you have a lot of like like illustrations in there as well that 
that that complement the rule book or is it not just really i mean i think a lot of the illustrations that are going to be in there are going to be more like instructional and just grabbed from existing assets okay. rather than rather than like illustrations that just exist in the rules right okay and more oh sorry oh i was just gonna say more than anything that's part of the same thing of like we don't really want to dictate a specific like a specific story or tone ahead of time for players we kind of want them to be able to do whatever they want with it okay we have discussed uh stretch goals for having more of that kind of uh what amanda did with the the front page like the front cover uh with that sort of like cut out collage type of artwork but for each scenario mm. uh or as like um what do we call them like section breaks section yeah yeah so we did talk a little bit about that but that's dependent again on how well we do <laughs> <laughs> on how this all goes <laughs> but what would be your so what what would what would be their i don't know not not competitors but what would be the what would be the types of games that people would say would they would they would they compare this to in that sense Mm. So, uh, in terms of horror, um, if you're looking for something that's like, you know, scary and uh, similar to what we have, I would definitely say Bluebeard's Bride. So Bluebeard's Bride also has rooms, but unlike, you know, our game, we have like actual physical rooms that you can see. Uh, Bluebeard's Bride also has like, you know, different keys that you can go to, different places that you can go to. It's heavily, you know, influenced by that. Uh, in terms of mechanics, I would say it's influenced by BFF uh, from Heart of the Deerunicorn. Uh, it's also influenced by a little bit by Car Wars uh, because <laughs> um, honestly, the idea sort of came to uh, all of us as like a, um, you know, how Car Wars, they use like matchbox cars. Uh, very, very early on in the development of this game, we were thinking about like, wouldn't it be cool if we had Polly Pockets? Oh wait, Polly Pockets are really expensive. Oh wait, why don't we just do, why don't we just do, I don't know, paper dolls. <laughs> so that's sort of where it came from. Okay. <laughs> um, so you look at that, uh, our, our Jason Hunt says, look at all those fine people in, in Barney. So, Aww. Yeah, <laughs> Barney's cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, so like, in that, in, that, in that sense, if somebody was going to say, uh, as you mentioned before, is like, so, I, obviously, it's, it's, I mean, I, you, you never want to, you, ne you never want to, uh, you know, doubt the Kickstarter gods or anything like that. But I like, but I would say, but because it's so, it's so unique and accessible, um, it's at that point. Because here's here's the other question, and I and I'm sure I've, I'm, I might have asked you this in a previous episode, Banana. Um, and I'm curious what Austin has to say too. Is do you work when it when it comes to that? Of, of course, Amanda too. I'm sorry, I took a sec, just like, um, but like, at what point do you say? This is a game I want to make. This is the game we want to make, and and what part of it do you say this is important to us? But is it marketable in the sense of what things did you have to say? We have to make it accessible as, at the same time. So from that from that perspective, is uh, where do you where do you measure your your the, the passion of being the artist and the creator for it with the accessibility of the the game itself? I think it's it goes hand in hand, right? I don't know. If, what, what do y'all think? 
I said a lot of stuff. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to be confident in what you've created and confident that other people are going to be into it and that you've you've done the best that you can and that it's a worthwhile kind of thing. I mean, I think we've probably all also created stuff that we're like, this is cool and I like it, but I'm kind of weird and no one else is going to be interested in this. And I think there's usually a, a, a self-awareness with that of just being like, yeah, that was fun. A fun exercise but into the bottom of the shelf with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I would say... I don't know. I don't think we've had any talks about that. We've had talks about like the general state of like printing things and where that's at. Um, And the general state of like shipping and whatnot, but we haven't talked about like like for this specifically, and I'll say talking about in general, like we haven't talked about this specifically, like, you know, if that'll be something that's like marketable or not. Um, And I don't know if that's like awareness you just kind of gain the more you're in the industry or not. Uh, But I don't know. I I guess like I I think we made something pretty dope and people like it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm not here to force you to like it. But I think if you're into that genre of things, like creepy stuff, then you'll be into this. And if you're not into creepy stuff, then probably don't play a scary game. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Fair. Right. Uh, uh, Jason Hunt also said, it sounds like the game is, is like a wildly interactive clue, which I'm all aboard for. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> that, that, is a way to, that is a way to say that, huh? Yeah. With a horror theme, of course, he said. Right, so, right. Yeah. I could definitely see that that being a way to describe it, which I wouldn't say would be the way I would describe it, but it's not wholly inaccurate. Like, no, it it's not. Help paint a pretty decent picture of where it's, what you do in the game. It's not wrong. <laughs> Maybe not right, but not wrong either. I, yeah. I just realized another touch point of uh, in terms of mechanics probably cool. is similar to well, clue also <laughs> Doctor Lucky. Uh, I don't know if you all played Kill Dr. Lucky, but it also has, uh, you know, those standees that you have in different rooms. Uh, but instead of like one big, you know, blueprint, you have like multiple different blueprints that you go into. Oh. And you're not actually killing anyone in this game. Oh. So I saw, so, you know, watching, you know, watching the, obviously the, the Twitch stream of you playing it, that's different than how it physically looked. So describe the physical table like if if you know i got the game i set it up do i rip out the pages and set them down like tiles mm-hmm. how does that work so you would uh rip them out uh according to what the room is going to be so uh based on you know what the the room that you're going to go to next uh you just like flip through the pages you like you know try to find it in the coloring book you rip that one out uh and then you play from there and so they're sort of like um mini boards in like you know a coloring Mm. book uh and of course you can you know copy them you can uh you know print them off as a pdf from uh, our website uh kickstarter um and use them from there as well and like the objects are the objects stationary in there or is there another page of the objects that you cut out and stick on there amanda you did something very cool i was just gonna say so (laughs) the answer is yes um so (laughs) So we have objects that are like the default objects for the room and those those are like just printed right on the page and you just right. go to them and color them to like claim them. Um, but 
we are also doing a entire page of like replacement objects and these are things that you can put on that you can like cut out and put in any of the rooms to replace the objects that are already there you just like place them on top of them okay um and you can do that either to enhance replayability or if for whatever reason you don't want to interact with the objects that are, come as defaults in the room so a lot of the objects that come defaults in these rooms are things like illicit substances and if you like don't cool. want that in your game fair have some different objects <laughs> it's like substances weapon yeah there, uh, there's those... so like there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that like for a number of reasons people might not want in their game and so we're we're going to be offering like alternate objects that you can just slap on top of them and say nope we're going to have this in the room instead because i just right. don't want to interact with that object right okay and then was, was that some of the feedback you get from your sensitivity folks or was that i don't remember whether that was specifically from sensitivity or whether at one point we just realized during a game like wow this is the third time we've interacted with something like that this game there might be kind of a lot of that in here if someone's not into that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think we some I think this was before sensitivity actually. Like when yeah. we were just like, oh wait a second, maybe we should have a page of these. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, I I'm very excited. I'm very excited to 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 see this game and uh and um any other uh any other uh plans on doing any more like live stream uh test games at all or Yes, I think so. Um, we have another one. I don't know if we have one officially scheduled yet. I go where my like, calendar tells me. Plans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are postponing the Kickstarter. So unfortunately, because of shipping. Womp womp. Yeah, and like, you know, all the weird things that are going on in the world today, because it's 2021, um, we are postponing it to 2022. Uh, so we're aiming for the first quarter of 2022. Cool. All right. Excellent. So thank you very much, uh, Banana, Amanda, and Austin. Uh, and uh, yeah, come back again. This is great. So uh, and 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 I appreciate the the time you've taken and and helping us educate us on uh, Demos Academy. So thank you so much for having yeah, us. You're welcome. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna I'm gonna do the intro and then we'll we'll jump right into it. All right, you ready? Let's look at this. It's so you guys do you guys call yourself like I don't know like the like Team Ba or something like that B A A like the the Sheep Squad or something or something. Oh, because of our initials. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it took me a while. I was like, I don't know how are we associated with sheep. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> what can we make with our initials? There's Bat. Ba, yeah. there's there's ABA. <laughs> Team, we always get very confused on base camp because Austin and I have the same initials. <laughs>
Oh, that's true. I simply don't respond on base camp, and I'm like, I'll just, we'll just, just wait for the meeting, or so, or, or someone will tag me directly in it, and I will respond. But otherwise, just like (laughs) assume I don't have an issue. It's too confusing. Just assume. Which which AK is saying this? I don't know. (laughs) 